what's going on, everybody? And uh, we're back. I mean, it's been quite some time because the last time we posted an episode, I was not here with Jaden. I was here with Hirsch. And then I was in Florida last week, so couldn't film again. But now we're finally here for episode six. We're back. I'm here, and I'm excited to talk because a lot of stuff has happened on the NFL side and the college side. Lots of draft sides. So much stuff has happened since we've last talked. So we're excited to dive into it and see what happens. I believe we got some free agency stuff to talk about first, right? Yes, we do. And I have five teams here that stood out to me. Whether that is good or bad, we will deem to find out. But we will start off with one that is knowingly good. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have brought back all 22 of their starters. I think they're only the second team in NFL history that has won a Super Bowl and done so. So they, when Bruce Arians said that at the parade, he was probably hammered, but he meant it apparently. So (laughs) he he brought everyone back. You're not going anywhere, and no one's going anywhere. So how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, that's crazy. The fact that you can afford to bring back a team. Obviously, you've got to reconstruct some contracts, and people have to take those... You know, unselfish, yeah, pay cuts. You know, not a lot of people do it. Everyone always, like, it's like, yeah, Tom Brady's always winning rings. Tom Brady's the quarterback who takes huge pay cuts to make the team around them better. While a bunch of other quarterbacks, not going to name any names, like Dak Prescott, um, (laughs) you know, just, like, out here crying for money. But, like, I get it because he, you know. He deserves it. Yeah, I'm not going to say, like, he deserves, like, Mahomes-level money because Mm -hmm. Mahomes is, like, the best, you know, in the business, and he will be for the next probably, like, 10 years. So, Um, but, you know, he did did deserve the money, in my opinion. But, you know, the the fact that they brought back all 22 starters, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, is just unheard of. And, I mean, there's a very, very good chance we see them back in the Super Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. I think but it depends on the Rams too are looking really really good and honestly it, yeah it all comes down to Tom Brady yeah, once, I once again agree. if he's that that clip theory that Max Kellerman was talking about mm-hmm. I could see that kicking in now not like the 4 years ago or 5 years ago when he said it but like now I I think it could start now because he's 44 years old and that's crazy you know the TB12 like the electrolytes and these workouts can only do so much he's an old old man so if he, if he even has just, like, an average season, it might not be enough. I know, for real. All right, next one, we'll stick with the Bs. We're going to go to the Cleveland Browns, who very underrated offseason. They went out and got probably the best safety on the market, underrated safety, John Johnson of the Rams. They were not able to bring him back. I think they should have done what they could, but they couldn't bring him back. He signs with the Browns, fills up a massive hole in their defense. Troy Hill at cornerback, another good cornerback to go besides Denzel Ward. Malik Jackson, another lineman to put in the interior. That line just keeps on getting better. And then Tack McKinley, he was first-round pick and has been good. He just he wanted off of the Falcons. The Falcons released him. I think it was maybe week four, maybe later of last season, and he got signed by... Three teams, or tech, not signed technically, got brought in for physical by about three teams, and he failed his physical three three teams in a row. Wow. So okay. he is, he's got a chance on the Browns. First-round pick, no doubt he has talent. He was good on the Falcons. So if the Browns can bring this out of him, this could be a very underrated signing in their defense. That's four defensive players, and their defense just got even better. Yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett... Just the best in the business at at, at a three four type these defensive end style. You look at guys like Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. Them two are kind of on their their like 
own tier. I mean, Aaron Donald even's on his own tier, if we're being honest. But, I mean, Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald, there's really, like, no one else better than them. So, we already know Miles Garrett's just going to come back this year and just be nasty. And I believe I said that, along with Jaden, I said that the Ravens would win the division. And this was, like, weeks and weeks ago. I'm going to change that up and say the Browns are going to win the division. But I do still have the Ravens. Going somewhere around like eleven and six, mm-hmm. twelve and five, getting a wild card. But I honestly see the Browns getting twelve, thirteen wins and winning that division. Mm-hmm. We'll very that. good, very good offseason for them. Next we go to the Chicago Bears, who officially came out. I think it was two days ago and said Andy Dalton will be their starter. There will not be no Deshaun Watson because he'll probably be in jail. We are not <laughs> going to draft a quarterback he is going to be our starter week one and most likely for the rest of the season and i don't know why like you you would have done the same i don't i don't think andy dalton does anything mitch trubisky couldn't i don't like it he didn't do anything on the cowboys with three very good receivers and a okay running game i mean what's he he has Allen robinson who he can just throw it up to but i feel like dalton fits on the bears and i feel like he's just gonna kind of slowly get out of the this is his last starting job i think until he he's gonna be so average it's not even funny like Mm -hmm. so average he won't be awful he won't be great he's just gonna be like very average in my opinion i think like they're looking at a 500 record Mm -hmm. i mean even with their like really solid defense you only can do so much with andy dalton and like it's just i agree with you i really don't think he's gonna do much more if any more than mitch trubisky would Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't like that move that much at all. But I mean, if they can slip into the playoffs, that's a success for them. Yeah, they found a way a few times to slip into the playoffs. Yeah. So maybe maybe they do it again. Next, the Texans. Why? Awful. Why? I mean, me and Hirsch briefly talked about it on last episode. Why? Mark, Mark Ingram. I mean, they, Mark they have, Ingram. They have three like not good running backs. They have David Johnson, who's on a stupid contract and is getting overpaid. Wasn't good. Mark Ingram, who they brought in, I think, purely f- to be a team leader. He's washed. And I think he, they brought him. He's a great locker room guy. I yeah. think that is purely Big why leader. they brought him in. Big leader. And then Philip Lindsay. Like, uh, no. Why? Why'd you do that? They trade the, no They trade for the Dolphins. They give away a very good middle linebacker, Bernardrick McKinney, for Shaq Lawson at the D-end. They reconstruct his contract. They bring in nearly 20-plus free agents who are all on one-year deals, who are all not that good. I mean, I, I just don't understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, we, we, when, when Harish and I were talking about this last episode, we were talking about teams who sign people to those one-year deals are like, and like the veterans are the teams that are like Super Bowl caliber teams that are just looking for more pieces to fill that they can afford. So you find like, you find like a 31-year-old, 32-year-old player who's like a veteran. He has skill and experience, a locker room guy, whatever it may be. You sign him for like a small money one year deal to help you go far into the playoffs with that depth. But the Texans, when you're not even like, we're not even gonna say that they're in a rebuild phase. They're just in a terrible, they're in just terrible, like a dumpster phase. Terrible, terrible phase, and they should not be signing all the vets that they are. It's terrible. Uh, Mark Ingram just it's just that I still just that's I mean, not it. I'll I'll go over more people. They signed two backup quarterbacks. They signed Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Finley. They signed three new receivers, Dante Moncrief. They signed three kick returners. Andre Roberts, Pro Bowl kick returner. Dante Moncrief, also Yeah, I'll tell you what Dante Moncrief provides because he was (laughs) on the Patriots last year. He probably had two catches and, like, zero kick returns because we have the GOAT gutter Oshelski. They sign Ryan Izzo. They go out and sign Christian Kirksey, Jordan Jenkins. Yeah. 
I don't even know that. that that's <laughs> awful. No, they traded for him. They remember they sent you guys like a seventh round pick or something. Oh, that's awful. It's uh, like a free pick. <laughs> they signed Terrence Burke, Desmond King, Vernard, Vernon Hargraves. Like, I, I just don't really understand Desmond it. King's a good signing like two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Not now. <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. So, I'm like, why? And then, in my opinion, one of the worst offseasons was the Tennessee Titans. I think they heavily overpaid Bud Dupree, who really benefited on the Steelers from having J.J. Watt on the opposite side of him. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. I think he'll produce, but they gave him a – I don't know the numbers, but they gave him a stupid amount of money. They signed Janoris Jenkins, like, nice dude, cool. Like, they're not going to be much better. They cut both their starting safeties, and they probably haven't filled that void. If they did, it was probably with some bum. And then <laughs> they have A.J. Brown and no one else. They have Josh Reynolds on the other side, who is, the, I think, the Rams' third or fourth string receiver. I this team I don't be surprised this team doesn't make the playoffs. I can easily see them not make the playoffs. The only reason they would is Derrick Henry. And they, they don't have anything going for them. Like seriously, what do the Titans have going for them on defense especially and on offense? They lost their offensive coordinator. So I don't see I can I'm honestly going to say they're not going to make the playoffs this year. If they do it, that's yeah, like you said, it's going to be Henry, but it's going to be Tannehill. What Tannehill can do without like Corey Davis, you know. He still has A.J. Brown. Um, he's a great player. I feel like D.K. Metcalf takes a lot of, a lot of like the the spotlight from that from that class. But A.J. Brown's just a great player. He does his job. He's a really physical guy too. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't know if it's gonna be enough. The Colts honestly are like starting to look more like the favorite, even with Carson Wentz. I mean, the situation he's in, they're looking like the favorite solely based on their offensive line, their defense. Because their run game is going to be good no matter what. With that offensive line, it doesn't matter who's in your backfield. Like you're going to put up numbers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, we'll see what happens with that. But it's going to be yeah. a weird division. It was bad, and then I think you wanted to go into your team because yeah. we have a lot of Patriots fans. So yeah, so yeah, take we, it away. Yeah, we know we got a lot of Patriots fans listening. Obviously, a lot of locals. So we're gonna just do a little deep dive here and who we signed because. Arguably, the Patriots made the biggest splash in free agency, especially on like the first couple of days in the first couple of, like hours because the Johnu Smith signing was in like the morning, like mm-hmm. early, early in the morning. So that's the first player, Johnu Smith, tight end from Tennessee. He had his, he had like a sort of breakout ish year last year for him because he wasn't really, you know, doing anything before that, and he had like eight touchdowns or something like that. He was a big red zone threat, and I think he's just gonna serve as basically the same role for the Patriots. He's going to be a guy who hopefully will get touchdowns in the red zone because you look at Cam Newton, we obviously all know, did not have the season that we hoped for him to have. But you look back at his 2015 days, his MVP days, that the guy that he liked the most, who he would just kind of put trust in and throw it up, is the guy he really only had. And that guy is Greg Olson. So with that being said, you know, when, when a tight end is your guy... Now you have two, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, both different styles of tight ends too. Jonu Smith, he's a guy that you just throw it up to in single coverage. He'll come down with it. He's a great red zone threat. Hunter Henry is like short, short routes, like curls, slants. Like he just gets open in the middle of the field for those like third and five, third and fours where you just need a quick first down. That's going to be one of those like quick curls over the middle and he's going to be open. He creates a lot of, a lot of good space in the field. So 
those two signings are probably the biggest, honestly, the two tight ends. Like, that's, that We all know the Patriots, Bill Belichick and McDaniels, love running their offense through tight ends. Obviously, they had something going with Gronk and Hernandez, and we know what turned out with Hernandez, mm-hmm. and now Gronk's on the Buccaneers. But um, hopefully, I think that, honestly, trying to do what they had before and just kind of build the offense solely around those people. And then mm-hmm. a couple other offensive players like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, not the the most expected signings. I th- mm-hmm. feel like people thought we were going to go after big-name people like Galladay, but if you go after someone like Kenny Galladay, like Will Fuller, who signed with the Dolphins, or anyone who's like a big name who's going to probably take up money, then you can't make these sign- signings like Matt Judon, you know, all these other players. Because we got Kyle Van Noy back from Miami. He's going to have to have a big year. Um, I don't know about the Ted Karras signing because, like, we brought Andrews back. I mean, he'll I be... I didn't think they were going to bring Andrews. I yeah. think that was their backup yeah. plan. At, yeah, at the time, they signed but Ted Karras thinking just, he was going to be their starter. It's just a waste of a million dollars. Yeah, now, <laughs> so now looking back on yeah. it, he's just going to sit on the bench. Because, mm-hmm. like, Andrews was, like, never really dealed with major injury in his career. He's had, he's had like, a couple games off with mm-hmm. minor injuries. So he'll probably be, like, fine. But my most... I won't talk about it for too long because, obviously, the whole episode is not dedicated to the Patriots. But mm-hmm. this will be my last thing. I think the most underrated signing is probably going to end up being Matt Judon or Kendrick Bourne. Because people are saying that we overpaid Matt Judon, which I can see because I honestly somewhat agree. But the only way in that situation Matt Judon signs with the New England Patriots is if he's getting that money. Because they're coming off of like a 7-9 and nine season, like not like a great season at all. And now they're looking to make a splash at the playoffs. So Matt Judon's like going to be a huge role in that defense. And then Kendrick Bourne. Like, Bill Belichick's been trying to trade for Kendrick Bourne since like 2017. And a lot of people don't know that. He's like loved him. Absolutely loved the way he played. His route running, physicality, run after a catch. He only had like two touchdowns last year on San Fran. And he didn't play a huge role. But I honestly could see him playing like a, a solid, solid role as like a wide receiver two or three. Mm-hmm. So those are those are my guys that like I think are being pretty slept on, like Jalen Mills, Godchuck, all those guys are good signings too. But mm-hmm. all, all in all, to to recap, I would say the Patriots had a really really good free agency, and I'm just really excited to see what route we go in the draft because like, I mean Mac Jones, people are saying had a bad pro day based off of his one bad throw that got put on social media. But if you watch the rest of his pro day, it was a good pro day. So I still would not be shocked if we took Mac Jones at 15 because he probably could fall to 15. But if we trade up, I'm not against that at all. So that that wraps it up for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the just one more thing about the Patriots. I think that it's a, there's a lot of mixed feelings. Some people say that they on the surface it looked good, but underneath it didn't look as good. And I don't really have – I think it's kind of somewhere in between. I think – they threw money at some stuff they didn't need to, but I think they got stuff that was necessary also. So it was it was it was good. It definitely wasn't. They bad also easily won the Trent Brown trade, in my opinion, by a lot. They they traded a, like a like a fifth like a fifth rounder for like Trent Brown and like a seventh rounder. That's mm-hmm. like or like that's like we won that trade, <laughs> and then we traded away Marcus Cannon as well. We didn't need him anymore. Um, we honestly just got kind of free picks from that. So. I'm honestly, like, I really like it. And, like, mm-hmm. our returners, like, we got our fullback, the GOAT, Jakob Johnson, back. <laughs> got Lawrence Guy back. 
It was good. Hightower was back. Yeah, I, yeah, like because people forget about the opt outs as well. I know Patrick Chung's retiring, which is sad, but Hightower, I feel like it's just gonna be at the elite level that he should be at. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Could go both ways. Could be like a twelve win season or like a five win season. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll transition from current NFL to future NFL to the NFL draft. I don't know what day it was, but the Dolphins made a splash. They traded. Originally down to 12, no, yes, down to 12 with the 49ers, and they got the 49ers got the third pick, and then the Dolphins traded back with Philly so they could get up to six, and Philly moves down to 12. I think, I mean, we can give grades for each one. San Francisco, it was probably like a B, because they, they gave away, I think, was it two or th- three first-rounders, I think? So I, I think they were, um, that was okay, but they obviously are trying to get that quarterback, and you could see that. You saw the rumor. I don't know if you saw the rumors that the 49ers want a first round pick for Jimmy G, which yeah, is so a little a little that's crazy. They're, yeah. not get, they're not getting that. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the Eagles said the same thing about Carson Wentz. So I think ultimately you say that and then you give in. But the 49ers want that, and they're obviously. I think it's obvious that they're going to get their future quarterback that they want. That Kyle Shanahan wants to work with. He wants a quarterback that isn't a game manager and someone that has potential. And for Philly, I think Phil, that was terrible for Philly. F. Howie, Howie Rose, Hope Roseman is awful. Yeah. He's so, so bad. Yeah, he, I don't I, know how he still – he only still has his job because they're still riding off the joy of the 2016 ring. It, like, or 20, was it 2017 so, 2016? 20, technically 2017. 2016 season. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, he's awful. <laughs> I mean, he's awful. And I'm going to say it before you even say it. Um, because we're probably going to transition into this anyway. Like, the Miami Dolphins just finessed everyone in this situation. <laughs> they finessed everyone. Chris Greer, it, in the past, like, two, three years, like, I saw, like, he turned, like, Laramie Tunsil into, like, a poop load of picks, <laughs> which is just, like, a subpar tackle, like, at the time. Getting paid is stupid. Yeah, right exactly. Now. He's, I think he's, like, overrated, and he's getting overpaid. Mm-hmm. And so... So for that reason, it's just it's looking really, really good for Miami. Their future is just looks great. I mean, they had three first round picks last year. Two this year. And two this year. So that mm-hmm. itself And we got more draft capital too. Yeah, that that itself tell tells you it's it's gonna be good. It'll ride on the Tua, too, yeah. Tua has to show if he has it in him, that he can be a good quarterback. I mean, yeah, Tua. If Tua doesn't play well this year, I think he gets a shot next year. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't play well in twenty twenty two, whatever it is, twenty twenty two, yeah, twenty two twenty three season or whatever, then I'm not saying that the Dolphins will just shut him off and be like, "This isn't our guy." But it's looking, it's looking like that. It'll way. be like a Mitch Trubisky yeah, situation. it's looking that way yeah. because if you if you have two three seasons and you're getting these weapons like. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Will Fuller, you got uh, Parker. Why am I blanking on his name yet? Devontae Gisicki. Parker, Mike Gesicki. Like you got, and there's they're probably going to draft. Yeah, I, too, I just but, saw yeah. like we saw a mock draft, Jaden and I, a couple of days ago that that had uh, Pitts going mm-hmm. to Miami. Which if that happened, if Tua <laughs> doesn't play well with Pitts, Fuller, Parker, like all these all these. Pretty pretty good weapons. Mm-hmm. That that kind of tells me good. he's not the franchise guy. Yeah, mm-hmm, but for sure. But for now, it's looking really really good for the Dolphins, and 
they're, they're definitely going to draft linemen. People always forget about linemen in football. They still need some more linemen. But, I mean, other than that, like, Miles Gaskin had a good season behind a below-average line. So that also shows promise. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, yeah, back Philly for a bit. Philly was really bad. I think that the, Howie Roseman should be fired. I don't think their coach – they're going to be bad this year. They're, sh- they're most likely going to finish last in the NFC least. So transitioning into the people – that these teams are going to draft. We have some highlight pro days people who showed out. And starting with the person we just mentioned in Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, 6'5", 245. Ran a 4'4", It's not human. A 35.5 vertical and 22 reps on the bench. He's just, he's just <laughs> not human. He's, he's simply a robot and... No matter who you are and what you have, every single team in the NFL could use would it. benefit yeah. from Kyle except Pitts. except for uh, no, no even benefit City. yeah benefit even yeah Kansas, I know what you mean they, yeah. I, like obviously they wouldn't take them yeah but even Kansas City and San Fran like they would make them a better team obviously it's not the route they would go when you have a guy like Kittle and Kelsey but or like even the Raiders they have Waller but having that would just be spectacular because we all know Kyle Pitts is like basically a wide receiver with his route running catching ability. Speed, agility, everything he has is like a wide receiver, but he blocks mm-hmm. and does everything else like a tight end, which is scary because Darren Waller we look at now, he's a fast, fast dude. He's probably the fastest tight end right now. It's going to be Kyle Pitts once he gets in the league. He's going to be the most athletic tight end in the league probably. I mean, he's just he's just a freak, and he could go anywhere because... I mean, a month ago from today, people thought that he could fall to as far as, like, 15 or 20. Yeah, he's, and he, now people he are starting go, to say, like, he's going to be top he five. He should pick. go top five. I, I wouldn't be mad if the Falcons took him. Yeah, oh, yeah that would be, be a if great pick. If the Falcons took him, that would be a good pick. If he falls to Miami, I'd be very happy. He's just, yeah, like, he's crazy. So, I think that's a great pick. And then going to another wide receiver, Jamar Chase has pretty. He's 6'1", 201, and he ran a four three four, which is insanely fast as well. I mean, this guy, he, this guy is just insane. He had a 41-inch vertical. I mean, this guy is also another freak of nature. People have kind of forgot about him, but I think he's the best receiver in this draft class. He'll probably have the best season. I think the only the only question with him is that sometimes he uh, has trouble getting separation. I watched a video about it, but, I mean, that's not an issue, is it? I mean, I think it's even that it is an issue, but it's not. Like, he'll be fine. And he's so fast, so athletic. He's such a good release. I think that he will be fine at the next level. I think whatever team gets him will benefit a lot from it. And I think that he is going to be very good right away. Yeah, I think if, honestly, if if, any, if anyone's going to break Jefferson's rookie record, it's Jamar Chase. Um, because you look at them when they were on the same team, that national title season, you could argue Jamar Chase w- was better than Jefferson that year on that LSU team, which is which is crazy because... He won best receiver yeah, in the exactly, country. Yeah. Exactly. And then he opts out this year, and people like, they're kind of disrespecting his name now. I un- I completely understand that Devontae Smith won a Heisman, and the fact that a wide receiver won a Heisman is just crazy, and he deserves all of that. I'm not taking away from him. But with that being said, in my opinion, I'm going to agree with Jaden and say Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the draft, and Jamar Chase will end up having the best career, in my opinion. But once again, I mean, whoever is getting Smith is also getting a great receiver. He's he's tall and he's skinny, but I don't think that's really gonna 
I think he'll. I think. Hole. I think he's getting. Uh, you said I don't think he's the best receiver, but I think he's getting slept on. Yeah. Like some people one, have him like going. Some people have him going like seventeenth. I'm like, dude, what are you yeah. doing? I mean, if he does, I'll be shocked. And I see why teams might sleep on him, but I don't see him going below the top fifteen. I can see him being a top ten pick easily. He's nasty. I mean, just turn on his film in college and tell me again that he's going twentieth overall. So, he's also filthy. Jamar Chase is filthy. And Justin Fields had the same 40 times Kyle Pitts, which is insane. He's also a freak of nature. He is also getting underrated. I feel like some people, I mean, this, what's his name? The guy at ESPN, one guy at ESPN, not Mel Kuyper, the other guy, Todd McShay, that does the mock drafts at ESPN. He had Justin, he had the Patriots trading up to 11th and taking Justin Fields. I saw. I mean, I don't see a world where Fields doesn't go in the top 10. I hate it. I hate <laughs> I hate how Zach Wilson's getting grossly overrated. Grossly. Justin Fields is getting grossly underrated. It it makes me a little bit frustrated because I'm like, do you did you guys not watch this season? <laughs> did you not did you not watch BYU playing against these, Coastal these, Carolina? Yeah, these teams and losing. <laughs> losing, and losing to Coastal Carolina. <laughs> and then you watch Justin Fields beat Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers. That's yeah. different. These and are then, different calibers of football, different levels of football. I'm not taking away from Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson probably going to have a pretty good NFL career. I mean, he has crazy athleticism. He has crazy arm talent. But I don't know. I feel like Justin Fields should be the second quarterback taken in this draft, but he might not be. Yeah, I think there's arguments for both sides. You go to a big school, oh, you throw into three future NFL receivers. You go to a small school, you have to do more with less, but you're playing bad competition. So there's arguments for both sides, but – I mean, Fields, this year, he had more guys opt out. He had Chris Olave, who a lot of people thought would declare, but he's staying for his senior year. He had him, and then he didn't He didn't have a ton. So he, his running game was okay at best. So he had less than a guy like Mac Jones, who has just everything going for him. And I think that Fields is getting underrated. I think there. I saw a report that uh, Dan Orlovsky, the guy who was terrible in the NFL, but he does reports on quarterbacks now, he is. He said that the only question about Fields is his desire to get better, and I don't. I don't really think you get to going this high in the draft without a desire to get better. So I. I just don't think that's true, and oh, yeah. I think that Fields will be nasty. I think that he's. He might need a little bit of development, but I think he'll get he there. He has disgusting arm. Yeah. He just like slings it. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, I want to talk about Rondell Moore because. There's this, like, report here um, on FTWUSAToday.com, and this guy is saying that, obviously, he's 5'7". This says, open quote, Dolphins wideout Jakeem Grant is the only notable active receiver at that height, and there are just a few 5'8", including Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie. Essentially, Moore's height indicates he is likely to be more of a gadget player or even a running back. I think that's dumb. Mm-hmm. To say that like Rondell Moore has a chance of being a running back, I think that's dumb because of his route running ability and his catching ability. He's only five seven. He's short. I get that. Forty two point five inch vertical. He's gonna go up and get that ball. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if he's five seven. He if he jumps that high, he's going up to get that ball. He he's a great great talent. Um, the forty was good too. Um, I mean. I just don't agree with that at all. I think I think whoever gets Rondell Moore is gonna actually have a wide receiver that falls out kind of right away, and that might be like a little bit of a bold thing to say, but not not really that much, honestly. Like 
I could totally see whoever drafts more for him to be implemented right away. Like yeah. right away as a wide receiver two or three. Yeah, he's he's filthy. He's nasty. And he's he's just gonna be that guy who's just gonna do a lot for any team he's on. And I can see him I can see him kind of doing the opposite of what you said. Also, I can see him being a kick returner and yeah. a punt returner and not getting on the field that much. But if he goes to a team that's lack there of weapons, then definitely. Yeah, he's going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. And next guy who's also, I think, getting a little underrated because he opted out out of Miami, Gregory Rousseau. He, he, he's 6'6", 266, and he ran a 4'6'9". That, that's crazy. I don't think people are going to look at that and be like, oh, it's like he's, he's 6'6", and he's 266. And he ran a 4.69 40-yard dash. He has a 30-inch vertical, and he did 26 reps on the bench. I mean, he's a freak of nature. He's getting slept on because of he opted out, and he wasn't great his freshman year. But he's going to Miami. He was still very – I think he's still going to be very good. He's, he's one of my D-Rookie of the Year candidates. Mm-hmm. Like, really is. He Like, I could see him kind of like Chase Young just literally right away. Making plays, just sacks, dominated. strip sacks, yeah. tackles. I mean, obviously he's not going to get picked two overall like Chase Young did, and I'm not saying he's you know as good as Chase Young. They're two different players and different styles. I mean, he's more of a speed rusher. Chase Young kind of does it both. But, I mean, like you said, for his size to be able to move like that, that itself, with football playing ability aside, should give NFL teams like a ton of hope. And then when you factor in what you see him do on the field, it's like, I feel like it's a sin to not take him top 10, but he probably, like, yeah. there's a good chance he does not go top 10. Very good. I don't think I don't think Which is frustrating, because, like, if he's, he's, if he's in a draft class maybe, like, two, two years ago, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's all about, like, your year, really. Mm-hmm. So if there's a draft class that's, like, heavily on quarterbacks, like, this year and wide receivers, there's, like... A chance that he goes top ten, but the fact that he might honestly slip to the late first round mm-hmm. in like the twenties is like preposterous. That just shows how much talent this draft class yeah. has. He also he's like out. he's one of the best defensive players in the yeah. class, and he still mm-hmm. might go late first round, which is crazy. He's also he also opted out. Yeah, which that, that plays a huge factor. It's hurt himself to prepare for the draft. So I think he'll be really good. A six six is two sixty six. He's a monster. The guy's a monster. So. I think that he'll still be very good on the end. And the last prospect we're going to dive into is Patrick Sertain. I think the best corner in this draft. I think he is nasty. And I think he, he is going to be very good right away. He ran a 4-4-4-2. He did, he, had, he did 18 reps on the bench, I think, which is very good. Oh, no, he did 15. Sorry, I remember. He did 15 reps on the bench, which is very good for a cornerback. And... He's a very good player. He's elite at everything he does. And I think that he will be he can be a cornerback two and give him two years. I think he'll be a very good cornerback two this year. Did I say just say cornerback two twice? Did I, say I, have no idea. I think I think he'll, he'll be a good cornerback one in two, three years, and he'll be a good cornerback two right away. Yeah, and then going off of corners, I want to mention JC Horn as well. Because I think he could be like one of the most athletic on paper. Out of the corners, Pat Sertain, like you said, I agree, is going to probably be the best corner in the NFL out of these guys. But J.C. Horn from South Carolina, All the thing about Pro Day is it's a little bit sus because it's a bunch of unofficial times. And yeah. We saw a lot of 4.38s, 4.37s, but he, he got rated 
uh, a 99.9%, and it's obviously out of 100. And that was, like, the highest-ranked player, I believe, in, like, oh, pro day. Yeah. So his athleticism, obviously, you can see is crazy. 11-foot, 1-inch broad jumps looked like it was done under zero gravity, is the words of, of this <laughs> website. It's just 11-foot, 1-inch. That's crazy. He's going to go up there and get those picks. I think he's, like, one of the more slept on. Um, you got, like, you got Caleb Farley. You got Sertain, uh, Stokes. But J.C. Horn, I think, will make a splash as well. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be very good. Obviously, South Carolina. And then same thing what you said, too. He's not going to be like a corner one by yeah. any means. It's going to take him arguably longer than Pat Sertan. Mm-hmm. So give it like two, three years because Jeff Akuda is getting like pooped on right now this year. Mm-hmm. Give him some time. Come on. He's on the line. Give him too. some time. <laughs> yeah, he's on a sorry, sorry <laughs> team. Give him a couple more years before you label him as like a bust, this or that. Like, I get it. People like Chase Young, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, who have these huge rookie seasons. Makes you think, oh, why isn't Jeff Okuda getting eight picks? Like, it's hard as a corner, especially Very as a rookie. Right. A rookie corner, it's a tough situation to be put in, mm-hmm. especially when your defense is awful and your team is awful. You, he doesn't have help <laughs> around him. Yeah. Like, if you're a corner and, like, you know you have, like, a safety behind you, like Tyron Matthew, you can breathe a little bit more. But mm-hmm. when you have poop bags behind you, <laughs> it's hard. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I like – I like – I like a lot of corners in this draft, but it should be good. It should be good to see what they do. It should be. All right, quick last segment, like three, five minutes. NFL added another game to the season, so it's oh, yeah, an 18-week yeah. season, oh, but yeah. each NFL team plays 17 games. Some players were pretty mad about this, and Not obviously more. no fan isn't going to like this. Another week of football, no one's going to be like, nah, dude, what? Like, yeah. Everyone's going to like it as a fan, but as a player, people don't like it because there's more chance of injury. I love it. More people get like, you, there's more games for you to get injured. You'll get withered out more. You obviously get less time with your family, less offseason, all of that stuff. And it's uneven now because one team's going to have one less. Exactly. Teams are going to have less home or away games, so... There's a, a few things that people don't like about it, but fans obviously love it. But some players don't love it, which I find a little bit interesting because it's your job and yeah. you're going to get paid. I saw Alvin so. Kamara was pretty mad about it because obviously the NFL itself, like like the NFL, the, the National Football League is going to like it because one extra grant game brings in more, money, more money. Yeah. Because there was four preseason games that like people just didn't really – like you don't get a lot of money from that. They don't sell out. So now they're making it three preseason games and an extra regular season game. So, I mean, technically you're playing the same amount of games, but it's, it's really not the same at all because in the preseason games, we obviously see, like, you could see, like... Bums. The, yeah, going. exactly. Yeah. Like, you could literally see a full game of just practice squad. Mm-hmm. And it's more like the coach's decision. But, you know, I, I, I really like adding in, uh, like, the Week 17 game now. Um and like you said, like one team's just gonna have an extra home game, which is unfair. And I don't really know like how that's gonna work. Like, they maybe, might just get. I, yeah, I think, I think they they'll just switch, switch off. With I think. I think. Yeah. Next. Teams. So that means next year the Patriots will have one less home game mm-hmm. because they have a home game against Dallas, and that's gonna be a great game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas is looking to come back with healthy Dak, and they're gonna have a really good offense. But their secondary still isn't that good to me. So. If Cam Newton can throw next year, then we could beat them. And mm-hmm. I like the Week 17 matchups. There was a ton of good games. Really good A ton games. of good games. Mm-hmm. Browns, Cardinals. That could be a game where, like, both of them are fighting for a playoff spot. 
And then like Chiefs, Chiefs Packers has potential to be the best game all season, but at the same time, it has potential to be one of the worst games of all season because if they're both like Clinched. sixteen and zero, yeah, they're just gonna, they're just gonna, yeah. gonna be like Jordan Love going out yeah. of Chad Henney, dude, yeah. like whoever their backup <laughs> is now. But yeah, it's so yeah, it has potential to be like the best game if they're both fighting for a spot, but potential to be a boring game. But ton of good games. Uh, I'm excited for the seventeen game stuff, and I. Like you said, I don't really see why everyone's getting mad because I get it. There's more room for injury, but they should be getting hyped up because they're probably going to break a bunch of single-season records now. Yeah, I don't for know real. If it, I don't know if it's going to like count. It, it's going to have to. Yeah, it's the season. Like you, get an yeah. extra, you get an extra <laughs> game to put up stats. So, like, we've seen people come close to getting, like, the uh, – like, Michael Thomas, like, that 2018 year was, like, pretty close to – Last, you mean last year? Like, technically two years ago. Yeah, like two years ago. He was like, yeah. yeah, he was like close to getting receiving yards, I think. He he had he broke the receptions record. Yeah, I he broke that. the receptions. I know that. He was like close to yards because he would just get like a slant on every play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you add another game and you're seeing like a bunch of records being broken. I think Aaron Donald has potential to break the sack record. TJ Watt has potential to break the sack record. Sure. Pat Mahomes and basically any quarterback in the league, like, can now, break like, anything. Yeah, yeah, could literally have. You never know. Could <laughs> literally just break a record. But we'll see what happens next year. It's going to be very, very exciting. Seventeen yeah. games. So, and I think that's the end of the episode. Yeah. We All did right. it. That we're finally back. Um, we were able to get an episode in. Happy Easter to everybody celebrating yeah, today. Um, you know, give some time to God today after you listen. Celebrate. <laughs> Eat with candy. the fam yep get get the dulces in and uh we will we'll see you next week for uh episode seven indeed we'll see you there